welcome to Experiencing Consciousness. My name is Jan Libba. And I'm Dr. Catherine Rossi. We're happy you're here. To, to make a short introduction, we're going to be uh, analyzing the second part of a session of Dr. Catherine Rossi with Hubert. And the uh, second part is the part that happened after the sudden uh, disconnection of the Zoom communicator. And so what you are about to see is we are all going back to the setting and working from then on with further with the session, right? Yes. But, but here we are. So um, first of all, I really like you. <laughs> That's very nice. Thank, like, you. You, Thank know, you very much. Uh, well, I mean, I remember like you know when we were kids and everything, when you liked somebody, you told them. And like as adults, we sort of leave that. It's like, oh, well, you know, yeah. they know or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I really like you and I really believe in you. And and um uh I mean I really think that that you're amazing. In, in what you do and what you want to do and, and with this open mind and open heart that you have. And so um, I know problems come, problems go, that sort of thing. You know, we all got a slew of them. But in this, you know, in this particular junction of your life is um, to be able to put together um, a lifestyle that works better you know, uh, the lifestyle of working, the lifestyle of playing, the lifestyle of, you know, if you have a fiance, yeah. that means you're getting married before too long, you know, which is um, a fantastic, a beautiful change that everyone I've known that's, that's married, someone that they really loved, has discovered how much more they love now that they're married. And so, you know, I think that that's really good. And then, of course, you know, the miracle of having a child. So your life is just, you know, expanded, expanded, expanded. Your mind is wanting to expand and expand and expand. And it's good to take the critical voice out of this and simply be creative. Uh, we're going to pause here because, as I said, we, we've covered a lot of material here. So what is this part of the session actually what what it starts with um um the the after you know uh telling hubert about the zoom problem uh the first thing you start the conversation with is so first of all i really like you that's 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 the opening phrase of the conversation uh and then hubert responds that's very nice uh thank you very much uh, and then uh then you say to him after that that uh, uh i i remember like uh when we when we were kids and everything uh, when you liked somebody you told them uh, and like as adults, we sort of leave that. Um, and so I'm thinking about this first part. Um, 
why why do you open this uh, for uh, this part of the conversation in such a way and then is it actually to a degree promoting age regression or you know other kinds of things because of this part like when you say as children or as kids we did this and as all as adults we did something like that to me i mean i'm thinking to myself maybe it naturally launches some associations or something i mean what is it well first of all hubert how did you receive that mm. When I right now think about it, it's it's a bit of a nice thing that uh, that also as a somebody who you know only for some time that I was presenting you a story. When you tell me that uh, you like me, you tell it based on the story I told you. So this is kind of a nice thing for a writer that uh, with his story <laughs> story uh, grab the uh, attention and uh, and being liked by somebody who knows him only by listening to stuff what he was what he was saying so it was a nice thing and it was kind of a, like a validation of my skills as a storyteller <laughs> maybe like it was it was nice thing and it uh, but i wasn't thinking about that by the time i just found it uh, like a genuine genuine way of uh, of of saying that uh, that you like me which is actually not uh, everyday thing because it's not how people usually talk to each other Yes, it's exactly true. And, um, you know, we'd had this little interruption, the technical interruption that didn't bother any of us, but I wanted to establish my relationship with you again, because it was, a, and I knew that we were going to be headed into the therapy. And uh, so I wanted to establish the relationship. And, um, uh, and it's true. I like you. I just do. You know, I, I like your spirit and um, and that it was my way of of saying, you know, I think I think I get who you are. I think I I think I have an understanding of who you are. Obviously, that, um, you know, we don't know each other well, so I don't know everything about you, but there's something about the way that your heart is that um this you know you're open-hearted and you're curious and so it was my way of saying you know I, I i understand this about you and i like you and um because i said this i then naturally on the inside of myself i moved back to what it was like for me as a child to hear those words and to say those words and um and you know, I think, Jan, you're probably right. I probably was encouraging a little bit of a child um, age regression, but um, but really it was, uh, you know, for me about you know, beginning a really, you know, open-hearted experience. Yeah, and right after that, you know, right after that, you, you, you follow, you, you go further and say to him that, not only you like him but you also um but you also not also that you really like him but also that you really believe in him and then uh, you say i really think that you're amazing in what you do and so on so there's there's then after all that opening the a lot of supportive uh, facilitating comments follow 
is it to create stronger bond or rapport for further more in-depth uh, creative work together well i think that when you tell someone that you like them it's nice to be able to define that instead of just i like you but what what is it about you that i really like what is it that i admire and um and i i do have this belief in you hubert that that you're going to um achieve the things that you set out to achieve and particularly the internal growth which is what my role is is to help with internal growth and then um um i actually set the stage for therapy which is um which is what i had gathered from the um the the earlier time like in well let's just call it the first half is that um you know to have a supportive lifestyle you know that um that that nourishes him and so i i said that 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 i don't often do this in therapy because i'm i'm more of a follower rather than a leader but i just knew that this was the interest is is um to explore what it you know what it means to have the this new lifestyle that's happening and then i you know i define it work play getting married having a child you know there's a there's a lot of um uh breadth to deal with a lot of change and i think that maybe maybe to some degree it was a bit of a response to something what i said like half an hour before that because i was telling that uh, we uh, we can start with the conversation and then if you will will if you will like we can have this hypnotic session which i was looking very much forward to but i was not uh, certain 100% if maybe maybe this half an hour will be enough for you maybe the second part will be like taking too much of your time you know this kind of stuff maybe I will over overstay my invite a bit if I would like to have this uh, hypnotic session and it was making more or less ensuring me yeah uh, yeah I like you so I want to spend a bit more time with you so I felt comfortable okay okay I'm not I'm not taking away your time uh, you're you're kind of enjoying it also so so I will feel I will feel good I will not feel like an uninvited guest that stays too long and <laughs> and don't know where to leave <laughs> this kind of this kind of stuff yes exactly exactly so it's, so it also facilitates openness and like welcoming gestures yes you know and um because there are a lot of questions that in this case um because we're we're doing this experiment so um you know none of us are being paid for this and so you know there is the question of you know um your time is valuable and you know how are we going to use that time and do you want to use that time you know was um Hubert's question and um and that you know the answer to that question is yes of course and so um again and you know it's about i think the straightforward honesty and which is something that i really appreciate
yeah and it also kind of makes the um, relationship stronger uh, stronger for something that is yet to come right well we're already you know at, at that particular point we already had a great understanding about each other mm -hmm. you know we want to be here and we want to bring out the best and um uh then i considered because there was this little interruption i almost considered the first part as session one and this now is session two mm -hmm. that that's what was going on in my mind and the other thing that i knew is i think it took us about 10 minutes or something to reorganize again and i knew that hubert was going to be going into um a, a, a version of beginning his own psychotherapy and that he had already started and that now i was joining so in this part uh, uh you are like uh, facil facilitating something that is already happening within hubert himself mm -hmm. yes Yes, and, and what, I, what, this what, is, what, well, this is part of um, uh, that which is not easy to describe, but there's nonverbal cues that come. So it's not all about that you're saying the exact right words at the exact same time, but uh, in, in kind of following nonverbal cues. And I think later on, I pointed out, you know, some nonverbal cues, but um, I'm so sensitive to this that I um, I don't I don't even necessarily um, uh, look at it in a strategic way. I mean, I can see a flash of something and then mm -hmm. I have an idea that I often test out. Um, so in so in the way that I respond, a lot of times it's with these minimal cues and um, on Zoom, it's really face, you know, looking at face, looking at um uh, what is the breath doing, you know, and if there's hands, what are the hands doing this sort of thing? Can you, can you recall what were the actual cues that, that, that you, um, picked up on or that you, know, uh, that well, you essentially, um, that there was a real softness in Hubert's face and, um, that, uh, a lot of times you'll see that if someone is suffering a big problem, you know, you'll see angst. Um, but in this case of exploration of that, there was a softness, a softness in uh, the forehead, a softness of the eyes. And um, so that's what I was responding to in that particular kind of instance. The, the, that kind of softness, like right now? <laughs> yeah yeah well and um and the thing is as therapists is that we are responding to minimal cues all the time we don't necessarily mm -hmm. define it um but one of the things that ernie used to tell me is that um that i was so much better at the minimal cues than he was and he was brilliant but it's just that that's a sensitivity that I have where I, I look at minimal cues, I'll listen to the rate of speech, the tone of voice, that um, that it's 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 just natural for me 
to be able to do that. And so sometimes when when I'm doing something, it may seem like it's kind of out of the blue, but really I'm responding to something because mm -hmm. as I say, I almost always follow rather than lead. Cool. Okay. So another part uh, of this of this segment, when you say uh, after after all these uh, you know supportive statements and building the relationship, you say, uh, you know, you say you're amazing in what you do and what uh, what you want to do, and then you say, and with this open mind and open heart that you have, and here is a, a slight pause, and so. Uh, I know problems come, problems go. Is this actually a suggestion or, you know, a modeling of, of the process? Of course it is. You know, that, that, that um, things come into your mind and then things leave. And um, the importance of normalizing that. And, uh, and also problems do come and they do go. And uh, this is not true in the case of Hubert, but for a lot of people, they think once I have a problem, I always have a problem. So for me to suggest uh, maybe a different ending, like, you know, maybe the problems go, that, um, that, that it is in fact a suggestion, but it's also true. And, um, and, and, it, it, and, and it kind of is, you almost watch there's a drifting Oh yeah, problems come, problems go. It changes the air in the room. It starts to go into trance. And the suggestion that is also true is a truism. Yes, and um, this is a huge secret of success is that um, to go with what's true. Mm-hmm. So this is a truism that actually models the process also. Mm -hmm. So it's true, but it also suggests something. And then and then you give the solution or a proposition, I would say, of the direction because you, gave, you say that in this particular junction of your life uh, is to be able to put together a lifestyle that works better. Lifestyle working, lifestyle of playing lifestyle of and then you go to fiance fiance so, baby <laughs> yeah i mean so is this a framework i mean you know we're gonna be working on a new lifestyle on a new way of looking at things and um, then... yes but it's really non-verbally you know, I'm giving words, but it's really much more, you know, nonverbal because there's like all of these things. And if we were going to do it on an intellectual point of view, it'd be okay. First, we're going to look at this. Second, we're going to look at this. And then it would be this intellectual exchange. But when you've got a bunch of things swirling around, um, we see uh, it's, it's like which one rises to the top, you know, which one is the most important. And uh, that, that's not up to me. And then I'm, you know, just now thinking to myself, when, when are we gonna be, when, we, when are we gonna go through all those things that you name, you know, lifestyle of working, lifestyle 
of playing. I'm looking at it and I'm seeing working, playing, fiancé, getting married before too long, fantastic, beautiful change, mm-hmm. things like that in one chain, right? One after another, but you don't see the chain. Uh, uh, and then you go, uh, and then one, everyone I've known that's married, so married also really loved you know i'm looking at it and i'm thinking to myself was this uh, a seeding of a process or is it you know because when, when you when you look at the individual sentences you don't see it but when i'm looking at those the, the ending of each sentence i see a process here was it consciously put there or Well, absolutely. The thing is, is that when you're going to get married, it's actually terrifying, you know, Um, and uh, that of all of the times you really need comfort. It's like, here you are, you know, you're marrying some, you're going to marry someone that you really, really love. And that almost always involves a huge life review. And it's, and it's just, um, um, like all of the doubts, all of the this, all of the that, that that's the process. And so I wanted to offer some comfort here and of the fact that, listen, you know, people that make this decision, you know, especially when it's not like a really fast decision, you when it's a really thoughtful decision. And, um, you know, and I know you've been with her for a long time, haven't you? Yes, <laughs> very long time. Actually. Right. And so, um, so there's, you know, this is not like a quick decision, but still, you know, when you get to that point and you're, and you're dealing with these life reviews and whatnot, but you do know this person well, the chances of the fact of the relief when you finally, you know, get the license and say, I do, and you turn around and you look at this person and you just end up loving them more, that um, that kind of comfort of um, what is the healthy progression, and particularly in Hubert's case, is that um, uh, this is like a total choice, you know, to, you know, to, to move in this direction. But, um, uh, you know, so it's just from, you know, the kind of personal experiences, you know, and others that I've talked with is that, you know, sometimes these life reviews can um, um, wipe you out. It's like, let's see, I did something wrong in the second grade. Oh my God, is that going to affect me now? It's just these life reviews are really something. And uh, why not look forward to just loving more each day? And so in this respect, it it is giving comfort and also giving a little something new to think about you know nobody thinks they're gonna love their spouse more than when they've lived together for five years 10 years whatever but in each and every instance that I've known people that have have uh, been together for a long time and then they get married that the response is the same it's like I can't believe that um, I didn't do this a long time ago this is just um, this is just great So, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's a long way, um, you know, uh, uh, around like with the explanation, but that's really what I was thinking about is that um, uh, I like Hubert and I want him to have 
a great life. And I get to be this tiny, tiny, tiny little part of him developing this great life. So I'm humbled and, and honored in that respect. And that um, so that's what really the motivation is, as well as to continuously expand. Like there's so many ideas, so many directions that are happening on um, the subconscious level and the unconscious level, and it's it's waking them up. So it's going from the verbal really to the nonverbal. Yes, okay. and while while listening, I wasn't thinking that it is like a professional choice of words that will that makes a process or seeding but it was like a natural conversation for me like a ni nice thing so 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 I was not thinking like too much of of is it seeding is it not seeding is it's a process or not it was for me it was for me it was like a, this part that was an intro for the for the things that will uh, to come but hearing very very nice things because it's always too nice to hear uh, that good things will happen to me and not, for example, I know people that were together and when they become husband and wife, they, they thought that they are dead or something like that. And everything, everything died in their hearts or something like that. So, so, so it was very, it was very nice. Well, and Hubert, you're exactly correct is that, that I'm not thinking about any kind of strategy or what does this mean? I will plant seeds, that, that's absolutely true. But what we're really doing here is that after the fact, when I'm you know, asked to explain what I did, then I have the ability to see it with different eyes. But at the time, it's just this spontaneous thing. I, yeah. I, you know that um and, and, and that's exactly how i was viewing it and how yeah. i still view it <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely and you know one motivation that i had for participating in this project is that in the psychobiology of gene expression which was uh, published um oh gosh 21 years ago now um that um, there was a case, a very, very famous case, uh, demonstration case that Ernie did with a woman with arthritis. And so I painstakingly um, transcribed this case word for word, you know, every, everything that I could, uh, could do. And then Ernie wrote his associations to what he was thinking about the time when he did it. And um, and one of my favorite lines was, oh, well, went the wrong way there, you know? I mean, so he was really open and honest about that. Oh, well, that wasn't fruitful and this and this and this is what I was thinking. And um, was he thinking uh, that at the time or was he just, you know, responding within the therapy? And um, at sometimes, sure, you know, he he was thinking there was that, um, uh, that, uh, inner observer that was watching himself as he was conducting the therapy. And uh, so this is like the same sort of thing. And in this case, with the arthritis case, this, this woman, this lovely woman, she was so crippled and twisted in, in her hands. I mean, you could see the redness, you could see the swelling, you could, you knew it was painful. And uh, it was an hour's demonstration 
And at the end of the hour, and she held up her hands and she didn't have swelling or redness anymore. And she was, you know, they were really celebrating. And um, so her, um, the inflammation went away um, in that session. And so it was like a really important session. And um, for decades following that session, it's like, will you work with me? I have arthritis. And it's, you know, it was just, you know, unique to that particular um, instance. But I was strengthened with the idea that, yes, as a therapist, you can actually look back and try to understand what you did at the time. You were just doing it, but what were you doing at the time? And, you know, and, and how, um, how is the response? So, but it's good to have this clarity that, um, that, that no, I don't have these cogs going on in my mind, yeah. you know, of, of, of uh, the, the techniques. But after the fact, it's really good to look at them. So, okay, so. Uh, there, there was, but there was one more aspect of it, and this was a seating. Um, it is that uh, I think I said something to the effect: it's important to remove the critical voice. And uh, so I was asking for a, a suspension of, um, you know, too much linear observation or doubt. Okay, great. Good to good to good to. I'm looking at it. Probably I I remember that, but I don't know if I remember it from the material that was uh, that that we were looking. Yes, at. it was. It was like the last. It was thing. It was the last thing, and okay. um and and it's also an interesting thing to introduce is because a lot of people, um, have the critical voice and yeah, you are um, right, mm -hmm. and. You know, and, and sometimes you just want to suspend that for a little bit. Like, you know, fine if you want to have a critical voice, but send it out for tea. It doesn't need to be here right now. Yeah, and you can always dissociate that in hypnosis to a degree. You know, to a degree. And, and, uh, and so it, it is, sets the stage for, well, whatever happens, happens. We'll just see. Sexy. Yeah. So, and, by, and by the way, I must tell as a footnote that uh, I was right now thinking for a short time that uh, this kind of person that uh, likes over analyzing very simple things makes a very good literary character as a background character in some short story. Like, for example, one guy is coming saying, hello, my name is Hubert. And the other one, why did he say that? Was he making trying to create a bond with me? Or why exactly he was selling that one in a very normal situation, like millions of people <laughs> introduce themselves to this kind of stuff. And this one is sitting and maybe it causes him kind of problems with uh, interacting with people. I'm already putting that as a as a yeah, that that might be a nice characteristic for some for some character that will occur in some story <laughs> on some time. <laughs> Oh, that's fabulous! Not not, not saying that uh, Jan is over uh, analyzing. I was just thinking, as a, as a, you know, the part of brain was uh, was with you, and one was saying, "Oh, that will be a nice, <laughs> that will be a nice character." Is, is he actually describing a psychoanalyst on duty? Well, I think there's a flavor of that. 
Um, but uh, that there's always a time and a place for the the deeper analysis. Yeah. And, uh, but I think to for for that a, a character in one of your novels to go to that yeah. extreme, I think you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think we can go further with the recording. Okay, that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that critical voices can come and go. So um, the uh, this idea of being able to focus your attention sooner on that which is important to you and to be able to, um, in a gentle way, you know, uh, schedule the distractions. We all need distractions you know, of hunting for this and hunting for that and whatnot, or, you know, having, uh, uh, you know, coffee, taking a break, having more coffee, that, you know, we all, we all need that. Uh, but to, to be able to um, um, use that in a different way, where it, it just plain feels positive to have a distraction, instead of, oh, what the devil's wrong with me now? that I can't just sit and do, you know, that which I want to do. So, uh, you know, I like hands. Mm -hmm. Okay, there I can see both of you. So in this segment, um, what I can see is actually uh, by the way, uh, you are totally right. The critical voice was there before, as the last part of the of the last segment, and then and then you say critical voice uh, can come and go. So the same as previously, the same process was modeled, like problems come and go. So you know this is the same dynamics. Very interesting. Is it uh, purposefully connected, or was it just you know? the same kind of process modeled here and then in my you know from my point of view another thing is um a reframe um because then you say about distractions as about something very useful and something that is actually required or sometimes necessary and welcome and can be beneficial and you also say about scheduling them uh, you know and so and then and then yes and then then you 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 even name a few distractions that are fairly important like for example taking a break or coffee and we both know or the three of us knows that taking a break is actually pretty important altogether so that's what I can see. And now my question, general question, what is it in, well, in your I did I did something uh, that I'd never done before that I think is really interesting. So um, obviously my numinosum was working well when I, I, I said suggested scheduling distractions. And um, I'd never thought before about scheduling distractions, but it occurred to me, well, why not schedule distractions? Like, you know, um, um, when you're uh, distracted 
a lot, you know, as in this particular day he was, you know, um, uh, took many hours of distractions. And, uh, and so I guess I was thinking, you know, I wonder if you schedule it, like, would that bring joy? Would that bring peace? You know, would, would that bring, um, uh, and, and acceptance or almost, you know, looking at it as, as fun. And so if you're really mindful about enjoying distractions, I think you don't need as many of them maybe. And so um, it was just a very unusual suggestion on my part, um, but ultimately that the, the more positive you feel about yourself, the more growth you can have. Now you can, you can have um, recognize your downfalls. So I don't, I don't say always stay positive. Like, you know, when you've really screwed something up, it's really, really worth reviewing, you know? And it's like, a, or like the, the times when you're a bona fide idiot, you know? It's a good idea to say, hey, I aced it in being an idiot there. You know, I mean, so so that you're like you're acknowledging it, but you're not smashing yourself down about it. And uh, and so really, that's that's what it was um, about is acknowledging distractions. And it's true. Distractions come and go mm -hmm. often in sessions that I do. Some kind of theme will come up in my mind in the beginning and then I'll. Um, I'll end up repeating it because it'll come back to my mind of things come and go, things come and go. So, um, so it, it was interesting to me that I decided to repeat that. And, um, but again, it's a truism. Okay. Robert, would you like to add something here? Uh, am I what I can add is that actually this is the part of conversation that I almost don't remember right now because actually I was a very thinking forward into that I will soon be hypnotized and I was getting so excited that actually this part I this part I don't remember <laughs> but it's when I listened to it it was it was also an interesting especially about scheduling the distractions because now I'm thinking that if I if I will actually schedule some things connected, for example, with chess or something, it might be it might be less of a distraction, but more like a habit <laughs> that I that I have to chill out. But uh, but as as then uh, then when it was happening, I, I I was probably very excited, and I was thinking that soon I will get into <laughs> hypnotic trance, and didn't recall it very much. Well, it may also be that there the spontaneous amnesia happened here somehow covered, you know, based, for example, on the state dependent memory or something. What do you think about it, Dr. Rossi? Well, the, this is so great, is that um, the therapist, and in particular, the hypnotherapist, is saying some really great words, some really, you know, like the wisdom, the flow, like all that other kind of stuff. And the client may not hear a single thing because they're 
in their own process. And um, so it becomes like a beautiful thing of what was going on inside me versus what was going on inside of Hubert, who was, um, and, and that I also knew because of the timing of it, clock time, I knew that he, he was wanting to and go into trance and that that process was beginning. And when um, the induction is conversational, it um, uh, which is more often than not the way that I work is in a conversational way, um, that that there there gets to be these blurred lines of what's remembered and what isn't remembered, and um, and is it an amnesia or is it that um, the mind is elsewhere? I don't know, but uh, but uh, uh, and often um, you know I know when uh, Roxana Erickson um, does her work, she'll say and and maybe you'll hear my voice and maybe you won't hear my voice, and uh, but this just beautiful permission so that the client can go into whatever state that that um, suits them. So this is my way of saying there's no right or wrong answer to this. There's nothing is definitive. And that's the beauty. Okay, thank you. So I think we can go further with the recording. This was another episode of our Experiencing Consciousness podcast. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Jan. You're the best. Be well, be happy, celebrate life.